0: The S&P. This is Motley Fool Money.
1: Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast where we're not afraid to stick it to the tax man, make you a little money, and maybe have a chuckle or two along the way. My name's Andrew Page, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. Scott Phillips.
2: Good day, Andrew, good day, fools. Thank
1: you always for listening. We are talking, Scott, all about dividends today. Why should you love dividends? How to get free money from the tax man, hey. how to be a dividend millionaire. Plus, we're going to give you a red hot tip for what we think is one of the better
2: dividend-paying companies on the ASX today, and I've almost switched off dividends. How much boring? How much more boring does it get? Where's the growth? Where's the excitement? Where's the fun? Yeah, it's 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 usually the reaction,
1: isn't it? Dividends are for the oldies. It's what your granddad <laughs> wants. You know, he's going to collect his dividend checks twice a year from his Commonwealth Bank shares. It's never going to shoot the lights
2: out, but he's got money to you know maybe pop pop in the pokies every now and again. Before all the grandfathers and pokies players tune off, that was from Andrew, not from Scott. I'm 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 happy for all of our pokie-playing grandfathers. in the the listening audience, please keep listening. For everybody else, keep listening. Well, the trouble
1: is that it's a complete furphy. I mean, dividends are wonderful. In fact, I'm going to start with this observation, Scott. I'm going to put it to you that all investing is ultimately dividend investing.
2: Well, how's that true? I
1: mean, the capital gain, you see the woolly share price?
2: Two bucks <laughs> at the IPO up to $25, $30. You're telling me it's all income investing? I'm telling you that's rubbish. Well,
1: obviously you want the capital gain that's there, but let's want think about it. the capital gain? There's, there's 25 <laughs> bucks of capital gain there. <laughs> there's plenty of companies out there that don't pay a dividend, that have never paid a dividend, and in fact, could be years and years and years away for, for,
2: for, from paying a dividend. For example, the world's most successful company, Berkshire Hathaway, exactly. run by Warren Buffett. N- never paid a dividend. And you're telling me all... Investing well, is different. Let's think different. about it.
1: Why are Warren you...
2: Buffett hasn't had a dividend since 1965? You know that, right? <laughs> Hear me out. All right.
1: Why would you buy a company if there is never, ever, ever any prospect of you getting some cash back from that asset?
2: But I just told you, Woolie share price gone from two bucks to twenty-five. Ah, well, that's the answer. Yeah, but you had to sell that to someone for twenty-five bucks, yeah, happen. And, and the
1: only reason they're buying it is because there is an assumption that in the future there is this is a valuable asset that will be sell to able somebody to somebody else for a higher price. It always depends on this thing actually having or providing an economic return at some point beyond what you can get for flipping it to someone else what berkshire, they call the greater fool theory Berkshire hasn't done it for 51 years how, how much long do i have to wait to here's get a the thing though with berkshire they could pay a dividend they could pay an awesome dividend they could have paid a dividend for years after you but they haven't they've reinvested have, have, would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that's my point right. the, ultimately a share investment has value because it has potential at least at some stage in the future to make a profit and potentially distribute that to dip, to investors. Yeah, for all of my for all of my
2: giving you a hard time, and frankly, I do it because I like doing it. But who uh, doesn't? Exactly, <laughs> ask our colleagues. But <laughs> you, you're very right. This this is this is one of the real realities. This is the difference between investing and trading, right? You talk about the greater fool theory. You and know, the company name is the Motley Fool, but we say that's with a capital F. Capital F. Uh, the lowercase fool theory, greater fool theory, is basically that. If you're buying something just in the hope that someone else will pay more for it in the future, that is pure outright speculation. And frankly, you might as well toss a coin about whether or not you're going to get more money for it. Mm. As you say, the the benefit of investing in in companies and long-term investing in companies is these businesses generate cash flow. They can use that cash for a whole lot of things. Mm. But at the end of the day, if you own that business, it's only worth to you the money you can get from it. And that should be always at least inherently if not absolutely explicitly mm. are multiple of its future dividends that are going to come through to your bank account.
1: That's right. You, you buy a company because of its, in, its inherent worth, not because you think that you'll be able to flick it to someone else. Let me give you some more reasons as to why you should love dividends. The yields on the share market are pretty juicy. Now, that's That's long been the case, but in an interest rate world, in fact, in a world where there are negative interest rates, I would argue that that's even more pronounced. So at the moment on the ASX, the average yield is about 4.3%. And within that, there are some really nice ones. You've got Telstra at 5.2%. You've got banks sort of around the 5 and 6% mark. Now, compared to the 2.5%, 3% I'm getting in term
2: deposits, that is a really wonderful yield. Mate, there's people getting 10 15 20% capital gains. How can I get excited about 4% or 5% of it? Ah, well, it's see, it, we'll
1: come back to that point, in fact. <laughs> we'll come back because there is a lot to sort of... Stay say. tuned, um, listeners. That gets more exciting <laughs> from here. So not only are you getting a very good yield, that is the... Per- the percentage that dividend represents on your investment. Quasi interest rate, right? It's quasi interest rate. You know, the higher, the better, all else being equal. (laughs) Um, You get tax advantages. Again, we'll come back to this point. Another nice feature, regular payments. So every six months, some companies do it every quarter. Most companies in Australia do it every, every half year. You're getting a payment and you're getting that cash in the bank, direct credit, and one of the things I like about it the best is it's independent of market sentiment.
2: Well, hang on, independent of market sentiment. Can you throw some more jargon at me? Okay. give me some betas and some alphas and some something else, some Greek deltas. A Del- oh, yeah. Deltas are good. Deltas okay. are good.
1: Well, look, so so uh, your shares are worth whatever someone else is prepared to pay for it. Sometimes Mr. Market's in a good view, in a good mood. Sometimes he's in a bad mood. Dividends are independent of that, of that mood of the market. So the the GFC was a great example. We saw the market pull back, what, almost 50% there. Plenty of companies in there didn't cut their dividends at all. Yes, the market was, was scared. People weren't prepared to pay as much for shares, but the business itself was trucking along, continued to earn the same profit they always had. In fact, there's a lot of examples where companies in that period actually increased their payment and you got that. And it's not dependent on the market being in a good mood. All right. So it's all about yield, right? So the higher the yield, the better, yeah? Well, <laughs> it's not really all about yield. So I run the dividend service at Motley Fool. You do?
2: And, and, and very well, I should say. As much as I give you a hard time, you are beating the market, which is well done. Oh, mate, you can go on if you like.
1: <laughs> Let, let's just talk about mate, that.
2: I, I've gone that far. That's as far as okay, I can go. I tried to run with it.
1: Um, it it's, it's not all about... We've got companies on our scorecard that actually ostensibly have pretty low yields. Um, So you spent the last five minutes telling me how good yields were, now you're saying you're picking companies for a dividend service with a low yield. Well, you've got to remember that the yield is just the dividend that you're getting or expecting to get in in the next 12 months versus what you pay. What it doesn't factor in is how that dividend is going to change over time. So I'm going to give you some examples. Let's look at something like SEEK, the employment website. It's been listed on the market for a while. It's offering you a 2% yield. It's always offered a very, very low yield. I would put it to you, it's been one of the better income investments out there. Now, the capital growth has been phenomenal, but it's been- So a... the capital growth is more important than the yield, you're telling me? No, I'm saying that the yield is is very important part of that. And the reason being is because the company has been growing so strongly, those dividends have increased at an average rate of about 17% per year over the last 10 years. I'll give you a better example. Domino's, a 0.8% yield. No one's going to look at Domino's. 0.8%. 0.8% yield. No one's going to look at that company. Oh, that's a great income-paying stock. Now, over the last decade, it's been a phenomenal income-paying stock. It's been a phenomenal stock, full stop. But those dividends have increased by about 19% per year on average. So put that another way, the amount of dividends that that company is paying has increased about fivefold over the last decade. So
2: if I'd bought Domino's 10 years ago and I got 100 bucks in dividends, I'm getting 500 bucks a year now.
1: Today you are. Yes, you are. It's so a good deal. It's been incredible. Same with CSL. Same with Flight Centre. The list goes on. In fact, the danger is, is as obviously as an income investor, you've got to look at yield. And as I said before, all else being equal, the higher, the better. But there is a trap out there. What a lot of people will do is they'll say, "Listen, I'm all, I'm all about dividends." give me a nice juicy dividend that they go and maybe they've got a bit of software, they use their broker's website, and they find a company that's offering a 10% yield. Do you remember earlier this year, BHP, one of the biggest blue chip companies out there, was offering investors a 10% yield? Well, wasn't really offering 10%. Well, this is the problem. Usually the figure that you're seeing quoted out there is based on last year's dividends divided by the current share price. Now, you and I both know the market can be a little bit skittish at times, not the most rational uh, thing out there. But if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. And in the case of BHP, it's a perfect example. The quoted yield was 10%. Lo and behold, they turned around and they cut the dividend. So if you're seeing a company with a yield that just looks way too high to be reasonable, chances are it is. And it's telling you that the market does not expect those dividends to be um to be maintained in the future. The share price also fell, as I recall.
0: Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
2: Even better, my favourite, favourite thing about dividends is I get to stick it to the tax man. Well, so
1: this is this is phenomenal. Who doesn't love to you know get one over the ATO? I'm a big fan.
2: <laughs> unless unless the ATO are listening,
1: in which case I pay every cent of tax I'm obliged to. So I promise. So uh, some people won't know this. You, you, you can actually. So what? Let, let's go right back into the eighties. And th- this is. So I mean, when I'm, you were I'm
2: you're hearing, about thirty then. I'm oh, nice. I'm hearing synth pop. I'm seeing you know <laughs> acid wash jeans. Acid wash jeans glow. Everything
1: well. It was a time when Paul Keating and Bob Hawke were around, and they introduced this thing called the imputation system, dividend oh, franking. Geez. It's really simple. Way to keep listeners. I look. I, look, you know, politics aside, I think <laughs> Keating was dead right here. He said it's unfair mm-hmm. for investors to pay tax on their dividends, or at least the full amount of tax on their Why dividends. Why shouldn't I pay
2: tax on dividends? Well, it's all about. It's
1: about double taxation. So a company earns some money, they pay company tax on that, they distribute that back to the owners of the business, and then you have to pay tax on that post-tax earnings again. Right. The ATO was getting two bites of the cherry. So what happened? So he said, well, that's unfair. Let's account for the tax that's already paid. So when you have a fully frank dividend, 30% of the tax has, as according to the ATO at least, has already been paid.
2: Nice. So I get 100 bucks worth of rent. Yep. I've got to pay my agent's commission. I've got to pay for repairs and maintenance. So I end up with what? 50, 60 bucks left over after that. If I'm getting bank interest, I'm getting like, what, 1% or something ridiculous and I'm paying right. 30% tax on that. Yeah. No, you're paying the full amount of your personal tax on that. But if I get pay, if I get a dividend... So let's say you get a dividend
1: right, and this is a rough rule of thumb and let's say that your personal tax, and this will be the case for a lot of people in, in retirement, superannuation, you're actually not paying any tax at the moment. You actually get a credit back.
2: You actually get money from the tax office. Now let's say It'd be nice to get a phone call from the ATO for once saying I'd like you I'd like <laughs> We're to give you money, some back money. Back rather than rather than how you owe us some more money. Uh, look, it's a good problem to have. If
1: we've it's talked about before, the more though. tax we pay, the happier we should be. This is true. Here's the other thing. Let's say I'm Jamie Packer. Let's say I'm the richest. You know, I'm, I'm just super rich. The fact is, even if I'm on the absolute highest rate of tax, I'm probably only paying about 17%, again, roughly speaking, 17% tax on my dividends because the, the company that's distributed those dividends has already paid 30%.
2: Right. So, effectively, I'm 30% better off getting dividends than I would be getting bank interest or rent. Yep.
1: So, the way to standardize this is, is to what they call growth up the dividend so what you basically do is divide your dividend yield by about 0.7 one minus the company tax rate um, so basically if, if you're on a if you're getting a seven percent yield fully franked on a pre-tax basis that's actually 10 percent
2: so it's kind of the equivalent if I think about how much how much dividend income would I need what yield would I need if I want to compare that to rent or to bank bank interest, got to factor I've that in. up.
1: You've got to factor that in, and the easiest way to do it is just divide your yield by zero point seven, and meh. in other words, multiply it by about one point four times.
2: And it's almost always the case. You've already talked about the fact that the average ASX yield is four point three percent, which kills rent and it kills interest. Yep. But that four point three is probably closer to six percent. Yep. If I include franking credits, and you should. That's a good deal. That's not bad, is it? You should, should be in this dividend investing. You should run a newsletter. <laughs> I should. Called Motley Fool Dividend Investor. That's what you should do. Well,
1: and it's also why we've got to get out of this thinking that divvies is just for the oldies. You know, dividends are incredible. In fact, we did promise, how could you be a dividend millionaire? So let's say you're 20. Let's say you've got a long time to go to retirement. How do you know I'm not 20? <laughs> I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark. <laughs> you are not 20. I've i I've, I've heard the music you listen to, mate. Oh, fair enough, yeah. give, give me Give me any... I'll assume let you on, run with this. Hey, right, go. okay, I'm going okay. to assume you're twenty. All right, and let's say that Those you you want you buy a mix of income stocks. Yes. In fact, actually, let's make it easier. Let's just say you buy the index. You buy the all ordinaries. Okay, done. Let's say that you did this um, over the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. Now you would have got a 13% return. That's that's total, by the way. Jeez, We've 1. had 1.3% a, a year. <laughs> About that, a bit, uh, a bit less because right. of compounding. But not yeah, flashed, it's, okay. it's, it's it's not terrible. Okay. If you right. factor in dividends, yep and you would reinvest those dividends, which we should, which we should, and mm-hmm. that's something else we'll come back to, that total return actually increases by
2: about sixfold. You're actually up about 74% over the last 10 years. It makes capital gains like we order ordinary, doesn't it? So I would have got 13% over 10 years mm-hmm. just from price increases alone, share yep. price increases. Yep. But if we include dividends, I'm up 74%. It's a sixfold improvement.
1: Jesus. That's why deal. it matters. This is compounding. It gets better. The further you go back in time, you go mm-hmm. back over the last 15 years, market's up 71%. With, with dividends reinvested, it's 223%. This is over a 15-year time period. So I've gone from having a 71% gain to almost tripling my money by including reinvesting Just dividends. by taking that cash and plowing it back into
2: the market. Okay, so that's 15 years. What about the long run?
1: Uh, if you go back, uh, now there's various figures here. Now, if you go back, I think it's about uh, 50, 60 years in the Australian market, you're looking at the total return you've re- achieved from the markets about 50%. Half the return you've got from dividends. When you go back, you go to places like the US, we've got a longer history there. It actually turns out over the ultra long term, dividends have accounted for about 90% of your total return. Sure. 90%, percent nine zero. <laughs> And that's compounding. It's compounding. If you take dividends out, and the
2: US pays typically much lower yields than what we pay, what we receive here. True. So, look, it's fair to say, uh, you know, we've made very clear that dividends are incredibly important for individual investor returns. Mm -hmm. It's very, very important, though, like any investing, that you don't just take the general rule and apply it arbitrarily. Sure. There are yields that are too high that you shouldn't want. Yep. There are yields that are too low that you shouldn't want because the company simply doesn't justify your investment dollars. Yes. But overall, on average, you're much better off actually holding dividend paying shares than holding non-dividend paying shares. At least that's what the history would tell us over the last half century. And that's whether you're 20 or 60. Right. And thinking about the the market. I think what's really important here is it does depend very much on the type of company you buy. Absolutely. There are companies like Berkshire Hathaway, we talked about, yep. who, who've, who've done exceptionally or well never paid a cent in dividends. Yep. And frankly, there are companies that have paid dividends that are still giving you a negative return because the fundamental business is actually pretty crap. It yep. hasn't justified your investment dollars, your faith in the company. So Absolutely. I, I think uh, you know it, it, it's it's important to say this. there's two components to the story. Firstly, Dividends matter, and they matter a lot. And quite frankly, the better the quality of business, the better the chance they're going to pay a dividend because they're going to have been in business for a while. They're good, successful, quality businesses, often with more cash than they know what to do with. On the flip side, a smaller business, a newer business, a business in a high high reinvestment, sounds like a bit of jargon, and it is, a business that can use some of the cash and actually generate big growth by keeping the money rather than paying it out to your eye, that's also worth doing. But it's about which companies you buy. And frankly, generally speaking, if your portfolio has a good smattering of dividend-paying stocks, you're probably going to do better on average than not having them at all. Well, that's, that's the Seek story as well. You know, this is a company that's been an ultra
1: growth phase. And why is it paid out so much in dividends? Because it's just a very capital light business. Really, the economics are really attractive. They can grow and pay out a whole bunch of their
2: profit as well. And here's a here's a part of the secret. A company that has those qualities, even if the yield is low, you get the capital gains as well as that because it's such a high quality business. Oh, so beautiful. in some cases, mm. the dividend itself is, is, a, is a signpost to say, this is a high quality business. Mm. It's likely the share price is going to grow quite strongly mm because it's paying a dividend, yeah. because it's such a good business. So you almost get this double benefit of yep. folks on the dividends and the capital gains look after
0: themselves. So. Abs- absolutely. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
2: Andrew, you promised our listeners one top income stock they can buy today. Yeah, look,
1: I think we've got a good one here. This is one that if you're new to investing and you're particularly interested in income investing or dividend investing, we think this is a great one. People are going to know about the banks. They're going to know about Telstra and there's definitely merit there. But I wanted to talk about a little company. In fact, I think it's the second oldest listed company on the ASX. It is indeed. The company we're talking about is Sol Pattinson's. the chemist. But, well, they were originally a chemist back in 1882 whatever it was <laughs> right. um, but, but, they're, I, but they're, they're still around now right well, you, you mentioned paths. you mentioned Berkshire Hathaway they're kind of the Aussie version of Berkshire Hathaway they're an investment conglomerate right these guys own a very big chunk of TPG our listeners will be familiar with they own a very big chunk of API which owns the Priceline um, chemist mm-hmm. They own a whole smattering of businesses. 60% but, of a coal miner. A coal, the new, Brickworks. New work, yep. Brickworks as well. A huge amount. And and they've been doing this for a long time. In fact, the people running the business, it's the fourth generation. Um, over more than a century. Right? Over that's, that's more a than a century. Now you look at it and it doesn't, again, the share price growth has been okay. Um, it's not terrible, but the dividends have been phenomenal. Over the last decade, these guys have increased their dividend at an average rate of more than 11% per year. Get this, Scott. Over 113 years, the company has never missed a dividend payment. Including the Great Depression. Including the depression, including the GFC,
2: including the Asian financial crisis, the tech wreck, a couple of Gulf Wars, you name it. Now, you made a good point there, and I won't won't labor the point, but you said they've increased the dividend at a rate of 11% a year. That's a really important one for most listeners to think about. If you get bank interest, if you put a term deposit away for 10 years, you'll get the same interest every single year. In this case, though, if you buy shares in a company that's actually growing its profits, You'll get a dividend, but that dividend is likely to grow strongly. You talked about Domino's, you talked about others. Yep. Again, in Sol Pat's case, the business is growing. The dividends are growing, not only getting a nice starting yield, yep. that yield is probably going to either stay steady or go up most years, yep. and you've got an even better return than you were getting when you started. And it's fully franked. And here's the cool thing about Sol Pat's, by the way, over the last one, three, five, 10, and 15 years, it's beating the market. Yeah. So you talk about compound returns, you talk about businesses that take dividend potential and turn those into capital gains and total returns. Mm. Solpats sounds like a pretty boring business, right? It's an yeah. investment conglomerate that owns bits of other businesses. Yeah. I, you know, Most people well say, I want something sexier. I want something that's going to give me good gains. Well, yep. I'll tell you what, if you can compound at better than the market rate for 15 years, you're going to turn those into very, very good gains. Yeah. Well, Solpats, Washington H. Sol Pattinson, to give it its full name. The code is ASXSOL, Sierra Oscar Lima, for those who've been in the Army. Uh, that is a company we both think is very well worth your money. Yeah, check it out. Well, Scott, that just about wraps it up. I hope you've enjoyed listening
1: us listening to us rant about dividends. It's something we're passionate about. We think you should be passionate about it too. Uh, as always, we'll be back next week with another dose of foolish insight. Uh, remember too that you can uh, subscribe to this podcast through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app, uh, uh, and of course, you can go to triplem dot dot au forward slash podcasts. Until next time, full on, full on.